this is what we're talking about. The title is called Unanswered Prayers. Does that sound like a good topic to anybody? Has anyone here ever prayed a prayer before where it just did not get answered? If all your prayers have been answered, you need to pray more. You need to pray more. You're not praying for very much if all of your prayers have been answered. I'm just telling you, okay? Uh, so we're going to talk about that. And this is the reason why we're going to talk about that tonight. Because uh, we've got a, 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 a pretty interesting um, audience on podcasts. or They listen to. They don't come to our church, but they, they listen to us online. And, um, you know, I got a... a, a an email from someone the other day in Oklahoma, and he said, you can never come preach for me because I'm using all your stuff. And I was like, well, that's awesome. We got a, another email from uh, a pastor in, in Africa, and he said, would you tell your media guy that your sermons are not loading properly? And I'm like, yes, I will. Uh, but if, if, you're, if you're hearing this sermon, whether it's online or it's in here, you are a, a, a different breed than most people who go to church because you're looking for more. You're looking for extra. And, uh, and you guys are so important to the kingdom of God, um, and it is essential that we all understand how to absorb or how to handle when our prayers are not answered, because we can't stop praying. We can't, but we've got to be able to categorize what is happening when the prayer isn't being answered, um, and so we, we've got to be able to understand that you know, it's kind of like we can we can handle pain as long as we know the purpose of it. Does that does that make sense? We can't just go sit on a hot oven and just like this is fun. You know, we don't like pain, but if there's a purpose attached to it, we can endure it. Are, are you with me? So let's talk about this a little bit. First of all, let me just state something that's incredibly important. There is no formula to getting God to answer all of your prayers. There is not. So let's just staple that right now. Some of you have been Christians before I was born, and, and that's probably the one statement that you wanted me to say tonight. Am I right? Yeah. Just like there, there is not a formula. If you just, if you just do X, Y, and Z, you are always going to get a prayer answered. You can name it, claim it, and all that kind of, there's just not. Um, in fact, in the Bible, um, Jesus healed someone uh, before. There's tons of examples. I'm only going to give you two just wild examples just to make that point crystal clear that there's no formula. There was one person who got healed who didn't even pray to be healed. They didn't even pray and they got healed. Uh, it was the woman with the issue of blood. She just reached out and touched the hem of his garment and was healed and she didn't even pray. Uh, there's another person who got healed, um, and they didn't pray either. And the person that prayed for them to be healed wasn't even a believer. So you got non-believers approaching Jesus Christ, and people are being healed, and they don't even believe that he's the Son of God. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, there's no formula. 
Okay, I'll, I'll tell you exactly where it's at, just in case you need to go home and read it. Go home and read it. Don't read it while I'm teaching tonight. All right, just get a double portion. All right, get one tonight and then go home and read, you know, and, and, and get boosted up on another portion of Scripture. But in John chapter 4, there was an, a, a government official who approached Jesus and he said, my son is sick. He's dying. Will you come to my house and pray for him to be healed? And Jesus said, no, I won't come to your house, but go, go on home. He's already healed. And the Bible says, it's one of the last verses in that chapter, that when he got home, he and his entire household believed. So prior to that event, he just knew that this guy could heal him, but they had not given their hearts to God. Do you, do you, are you tracking me now? They just recognize that this guy could do miracles. So I'm going to go deal with this guy because he can do miracles. So what is my point? There are times when um, Peter, uh, Peter was walking into the temple. This is another example. It's not on my notes. But he's, he's walking into the temple and this guy is asking for alms. And he says, Peter, uh, silver and gold I don't have, but I will give you what I do have. Stand up and walk. Well, the guy didn't even pray. He didn't even ask to be healed. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's no rhyme. There's no rhythm. Some people think, well, that person's prayers aren't being answered because they don't have enough faith. My goodness, I just thought of another example. I'm telling you, the Bible's full of this good stuff. But this father came to Jesus and uh, I can't remember where it's at exactly uh, because I wasn't planning on sharing this. But he said to Jesus, he goes, will you heal my son? And, and he, and, oh, it's in Mark. It's in Mark chapter, uh, it's in Mark chapter 6, I think. But he goes, do you believe? And, and, the, and, and the father was like, well, can you help my unbelief? In other words, I want to believe. I just, I'm having a hard time believing. Has anyone ever been there? And so Jesus goes, well, if you're having a hard time believing, thanks for being honest with me. And he goes and heals them. So anytime you ever hear someone say, well, that, that, that prayer isn't being answered because they don't have enough faith. This guy's saying, I don't have enough faith. Can you help me out? You got people that don't even believe he's the son of God. They're getting healed too. My point is, is there is no rhyme and there is no rhythm to get God to do something. But there are things that you can do to make your prayers more effective. Amen. Okay? And so what does that mean? That means simply this. If you go up to bat to hit a baseball ten times, you can do things to increase your batting average where you're hitting the ball seven or eight times versus before maybe you're hitting the ball once. Are you, are you with me? So we're going to talk about a few things and I'm going to talk fast tonight. Can you guys listen fast? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about five things that will make prayer more effective. Okay, so here we go. Number one, is relationships. Uh, now, let me circle this. Let me make sure I'm, I'm threading all this together. Um, unanswered prayers often take place 
because one of these five things are not in order, okay? Now, it's not the only thing, but it is a variable, okay? So here we go. In 1 Peter chapter um, 3, uh, actually, let me say this. I asked you to turn to James chapter 4, and the reason why is in James chapter 4 verse 2, it says this, you have not because you ask not. So if you don't pray, there are certain things, certain blessings you will not have because you haven't prayed. You just won't get them. Now, God's righteous, and he's awesome, and he's kind, and so he gives you things that you haven't asked for. But there are certain things you will never have unless you ask for them. Am I, am, I, am I doing okay so far? Am I doing good? Am I doing good, Sly? All right. All right, here we go. Number one, five keys to praying effectively. Number one is relationships. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, are you a husband? Is there any husbands in here? Raise your hand. If you're married to a husband, raise your hand. Fantastic. This is very important. Do you want to be a husband? Raise your hand. Are you looking for a husband? Raise your hand. All right, everybody raise your hand. Praise God. <laughs> you husbands, likewise, live with your wives in an understanding way. Now we're talking about turning water into wine. As with a weaker vessel, not weaker in spirit, but physically weaker, since she is a woman, and grant her on and grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Watch this. So that your prayers may not be hindered. These are one of those scriptures that you have to read it in the Bible to believe that it's there. Because basically what it's saying is, hey, God puts his relationship on hold with husbands and says, you and I aren't going any further than what we are right now until you go back in that house and you get your life right with your wife. So you can't, hey, hey, look. I don't like this scripture either, okay? <laughs> but it's there. I don't like the speed limit, but it's there. He's king. He's king. Because I want to say amen. amen. He's king. So when, and it's happened more than a couple times, when my wife and I are arguing and fussing, she's wrong a lot. I don't know how to tell you that. We can only say that when she's not here, uh, because it's so not true. But when it when I'm pray, when I am in an argument with her, and I'm just like I'm just it, uh, you're not even in my mind right now. I'm just gonna worship God, worship. No, 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 no. That doesn't work. Doesn't work. So unanswered prayer. I know that it's like maybe I need to go deal with this. If I want my prayers to be even heard, much less answered. I'm getting a lot of amens from women around here. <laughs> Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you would receive it and it will be yours. Now, that is a huge promise. He's saying, if you believe... 
You're going to get it. Now, a lot of times, raise your hand if you've heard that verse before. Come on. Now, a wise person would keep on reading. So let's keep on reading because we're wise. Let's go to the very next verse. And when you, are st- when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone. It's just the next verse. I didn't go to a different book. It's just the next verse. Forgive him. I think he was talking to ladies. I'm just, I I don't know, I'm just, I'm shooting from the hip, I could be wrong. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So he's saying, hey, ask anything you want and it will be given unto you. Make sure you're forgiving the people you have offense with. It's good to read more than the part that you're looking for. Right? Here we go. Because God might show you something that he's been looking for. All right, here we go. Number two, there's five. Number two is the motivation. We got to check our motivation. Oftentimes we have an unanswered prayer because of the motivation. James chapter four, verse three. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. In Jesus' day, there was a group of Pharisees, and they used to only pray when people were watching. Come on. That's like only doing the dishes when your wife can see. Let's move on. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2. All man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Why are you asking for this? There are a lot of times that I've asked for things that are righteous, but I've got an unrighteous, um, I don't know how to explain this. I'll ask God, Lord, I know what I'm asking for is a righteous thing, but I I know the benefit of you saying yes has some uh, pride attached to it. Just take that away and still say yes. Are you with me? You know, if I pray for my son to make the honor roll, and I'm like, yeah, my son's brilliant. Okay, don't not let him make the honor roll. Just fix me. Just be honest. The third uh, possibility on why some of our prayers are not being answered is our lifestyle. Uh, This is very important that we all embrace. We are saved by faith, by who you believe in. God, I believe you're the son of God. Boom, you just got an address in heaven. You just haven't got there yet. You got your address in heaven. You're going to be who you believe. You're saved by faith, not by the things that you do. However, the way you live, the things that you do seem to be linked to whether or not your prayers here on earth are answered. Let me share with you James chapter 5, verse 16. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Now, righteousness is not perfection. 
Righteousness is determined by the trend and direction of your life. Because when the trend and direction of your life is pursuing the Lord, you're constantly asking for Him to forgive you. You're constantly asking for Him to pour the blood of Jesus on you. You always come before the Lord asking for repentance, giving Him praise, giving Him glory, giving Him honor. And when you're walking with Him like that, there's this constant sense of, you're not righteous, but Jesus is righteous, and you're walking so close to Jesus that God can't see your sin because his blood is covering you. Are you with me? So when you're walking that way, the trend and direction of your life, your prayers weigh. Now that doesn't mean that, um, that, that, doesn't mean that if you're mostly righteous that more prayers are going to happen. And if you're mostly unrighteous, less prayers are going to happen. What it means is that the constant trend and direction causes your prayers. And the Bible says this in James 5.16, they're powerful and effective. In Psalms 34.15, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. So my point is, is that you just, you, we can't back up and go, I can do whatever I want to do because I believe that God saved my soul. He saved me. He saved me. Yes, you are going to go to heaven, but we are going to back up and say, look, don't walk around expecting God to be moving in your life when the trend and direction of your life is going in the opposite direction. And we have to back up and say, look, the scriptures say to turn from your wicked ways. So you really got a lot to wrestle with. Because I, I'm not the guy, I shouldn't even say this, God, oh boy, I don't want to say this. I'm, I could be wrong here. I could be wrong. But when you give your life to the Lord and it is not reflected with your actions and it's not reflected with works. Paul said this, he goes, I show you my faith with my works. If your works are not reflecting your statement of faith, you have to wonder whether your faith is legit. Whew, that was close. You ever see the guy, what's that movie where the bullet's going by and he goes like... Whew. Matrix, that's what I felt like just now. Number four, faith. How much faith do you have? When Jesus walked into Nazareth in Mark chapter 5, verse 16, it says, because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them. Faith seems to be necessary a request of God, necessary. Now, you say, well, Frankie, earlier you were talking about how people get saved without faith. Yes, it, because there's no rhyme and no rhythm. But when we back up and we say, okay, I want God to answer my prayers, and then we say, Jesus walked into a city and there was no faith, and he turns around and he walks out. When we back up, it doesn't mean that you automatically get a yes if you have faith, but we need faith if we expect to be more effective. Are you with me? More effective. I don't know about you. I want, I want to get to the place where more of my, I'm getting more yeses. Are you with me? Uh, I'm not satisfied 
you know, okay, in 1991, I got 52, I'm just making this up, 52 yeses. Well, guess what? It's 2016. I want to get like a million and 52 yeses now. I feel like I just muddied the water on that, but let's just move on. In Matthew chapter 17, uh, actually, I want you to write this down if you don't mind. Miracles do not require a lot of faith. It just requires all you have. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, he replied, Because you have so little faith, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. It just requires all you have. Number five, the divine will. Now, I'm going to give you something to just kind of chew on. We need to, know, to pray in his divine will. If we are getting a no, God is constantly seeming to say no. We're not getting yeses. You got to back up, kind of go through this list, do an inventory and say, okay. In, in, in John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it says, it is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we ask of him. Here's the thing. The desire equals will. Desire equals will. So when it says that his desire, that means is it his will? Now again, I got to keep on saying this, otherwise, you know, I'm going to be in a pickle. None of these things, if you do all these things, that doesn't mean you get a yes. Are you with me? I got to keep saying that. I got to keep saying that because, you know, the veterans in this room, we understand that. Uh, but if you're a new Christian, you got to hear me say this. There is no formula that gives you a yes every single time. But when you're constantly going through this checklist, you're able to say to yourself, I have confidence going into prayer that I'm going to be more effective because I'm going, I'm making sure that I don't have offense with people. I'm making sure that I'm asking for the will of God. I'm making sure that I'm doing these things. And then it's all on him. What you don't want is for there to be a no because of there's something in your life. Are you with me? Absolutely. So for me, while I want my relationship with God to be so close that I know his will for me, then I don't waste my time on prayers that I know are not his will. Like I used to buy a lottery ticket every time it went past a certain number. Like I've only bought like seven in my whole life, but it was the record-breaking amount every time. Well, I go there and I'm like, dear God, I promise I'll pay the building off and I'll give to the poor. But deep down inside, I know I'm not going to get it. God, God, it's not in my plan to, for me to be a trillionaire. Because he knows how many vacations I'm going to take. <laughs> you guys will have a guest speaker 50 weeks out of the year. <laughs> I'll be here twice. I'll be the CEO, Christmas and Easter only. 
I'm not going to be a trillionaire. It's just not going to happen. He knows me. I'm going to be in a plane. I know his will, his desires for me to be here as often as I can. And if I get a trillion dollars, we're going to be FaceTiming. I'm going to be on an island somewhere. <laughs> Three, four things that we've got to remember while we pray. Number one, you always receive when you pray. I'm, I'm going to cause you to get some, I'm just going to let an awkward moment set in before I tell you what you receive. You always, not sometimes, always receive two things every single time you pray. 100% of the time. Are you ready? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive, number one, mercy, number two, and find grace to help us in our time of need. Every single time you pray, God begins to give us mercy for all of our weaknesses and all of our shortcomings. And then the second thing, every single time we pray, we receive grace. Now sometimes that grace is a triumphant grace that causes anything that we're fighting and battling to just go away. And other times that grace is the ability to keep on enduring. But you always receive mercy and you always receive grace. Every time you pray. Can the veterans say amen? amen? Absolutely. Thank you. Always. Every single time I pray, whether he moves that, if he doesn't move the mountain, he will give you the ability to climb it. Somebody tweet that. <laughs> Number two. There's four. Number two. Always pray about Dot, dot, dot. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. What should I pray about? Everything. Everything? Yeah! Everything. You can't ask him for too many things. Well, I don't want to ask too much because I haven't said thank you enough. Everything. If thanks crosses your mind, then thank them for something. If a request crosses your mind, request something. Whatever comes to your mind, don't keep score. Okay, I've praised them five times. That means I can ask them for two things. If you're a parent, you should never think like that. Would you want your kids thinking like that? Whatever crosses your mind, pray about that. Number three, always pray. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says never stop praying. You know what I love about that? This is what I love about that. Two things I love about that. Number one, the first step in developing a prayer life is having a time of prayer. The second step is just pray all the time. But what I love about that is prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. 
is prayer is when you're talking to God and he's talking to you. And so when he says pray all the time, basically what he's saying is I want to talk all the time. Man, I think I like this sermon better than y'all do. Here's my last and final point. And so they believe me. Will the worship band come on up? Last one. Always remember your motivation when you pray. Why are you praying? I'm reading a book right now um, that uh, I, I'm, I'm sitting here having an ADD moment because I, I should have used some of the content for this message. It's so good. But I'm reading a book right now that it's something along that it's a long title, but I think the title it's written by Robert Morris. If you want to go look for it, but he says, um, uh, why keep on praying when your prayers aren't being answered? I think it's something along the, that's the title sounds something like that. And um, he's got chapter after chapter on, on building your faith. But for me, the reason why I pray is not necessarily to get prayers answered. That's not why I pray. I have a lot of requests, but it's not why I pray. The reason why I pray, I'm going to put it in David's words because he's so much more eloquent than I am. In Psalms chapter 27, verse 4, it says this, this one thing I ask. Now, he asked for a lot of things, but this was just at the top of the list. This one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. The, the motivation for praying is, I want to just be in your presence all the time. That's why I pray. I want to be conscious that you're right next to me. I want to be conscious that your Holy Spirit is inside of me. I want to be conscious that you are every... I, I don't ever want to not be thinking about the fact that you're right here. I, I, I just want to just be like enveloped, like, like, it, like a fish inside of the ocean. The, the, the water is completely around them, but if you were to grab the fish, pull them out, cut them open, you're going to find water in there. That's, that's what I want to be like, except for the smell. I don't want to smell like a fish. I want to be consumed on the outside of God, but then I'll, if you cut me open, you find him in me too. That's the motivation. Are you with me? That's the motivation. Why don't you stand to your feet?